Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor Study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield Life from a Retired Pastor of 45 Years, who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, masitofhm at gmail.com, M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is Good Tidings of Great Joy from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. It's actually Christmas Eve as I'm recording this, and I trust you'll be able to listen to it sometime today or tomorrow and just be a nice refresher and reminder of what Christmas is about. Birth announcements have always been a time of rejoicing for family and friends, and today we are looking at a birth announcement intended to bring rejoicing to the whole world. So let's read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, and then have a word of prayer. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, as we look at this passage of scripture that we have heard read or even memorized and recited so many times, we just pray that you would give us a fresh look at it as we study it today, that you would help us to see it in a way that would not only be a blessing to our hearts and lives, but to others that we have opportunity to share it with. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for preserving this incident in the birth of our Savior. And thank you for our opportunity to have our Bibles in front of us and study it today. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the lesson today is Good Tidings of Great Joy. Good Tidings of Great Joy. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. You know, birth announcements are always a joy. I remember when we had our children, one of the things we enjoyed most was sending out a notice to people. When we had our children, the notice had to go out by mail. And you would have a birth announcement and you would send it out and people would write back and everybody would rejoice in another child that was born. Back then, you didn't know if it was going to be a boy or girl till the child was born. And it was always interesting to find out what it was, a boy or girl, get the announcement, find out what the name was and different things of that nature. In fact, over the years, we've seen some very interesting birth announcements. One family, uh, the man was an artist And what he would do is he made a quiver of arrows. And every time they had another child, they would add another arrow to the quiver. If my memory serves me right, by the time they were done having children, they had nine arrows in that quiver. 
Uh, it's interesting to see what people do in regard to birth announcements. Of course, in this day and age, they even have gender announcements now. And you've probably seen some of those or maybe you've been involved in them. But these announcements are intended to bring joy to the family and joy to the friends as they hear that a child is going to be born. And joy to a family and joy to a friends when they learn it's a boy or a girl and when they learn its name. Now, in our passage of scripture that we're looking at today, we have a birth announcement here. But this birth announcement is different. It's not a birth announcement that's just going to bring joy to an individual or a family or a select group of people. It's a birth announcement that's going to bring joy to everyone who will heed to it and hear it. When we think about this birth announcement in the way of introduction, we see two phrases that we want to define, and then we'll go ahead and give you an outline for the passage. But the two phrases we want to define are these. The first one is good tidings. Now, I know we've been reading in Luke chapter 2, but go back just for a moment, if you're able, to Luke chapter 1, verse 19. This is when the angel appears to Zacharias, and the angel answering said unto him, Luke 1, 19, I am Gabriel, and stand in the presence of God, and sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. There's our expression, good tidings or glad tidings. You'll notice it was in the passage that we read, too. In chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, what is the idea of good tidings? Well, good tidings is used of any message designed to bring cheer to those who receive it. It's the idea of to bring or to declare or to preach or to show glad tidings to make people happy. And the angel was bringing the message to be a happy message. It was the idea that people could rejoice in what was going to be said and shared in this announcement, which is a birth announcement regarding the birth of Jesus Christ. The second thing I want you to know in the way of a phrase is that great joy. You find that in chapter 2, verse 10, the second part of that verse, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Now, the word great joy means delight or rejoicing. It's the idea to shout or to leap or to dance or be happy. It's the idea that there is a passion or emotion of excitement by the acquisition or the expectation of good happiness. It's the idea of emotion of excitement by the acquisition or expectation of good happiness. And so when the angel appears and gives this message, he is saying, these are good tidings. This is a message that will bring you cheer if you receive it. And there, it's a message of great joy. It is going to bring you a happiness and it's going to bring you um, good, good happiness. And it's expected and it's acquired through the birth of this one, the Lord Jesus. So in the way of introduction, we see, and I think you'll agree with me very easily, that this is a birth announcement. And in verse 10, it's given in its summary where it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, as I mentioned earlier, that one individual who is an artist, his name was Neds, Keith Neds, he actually had a quiver that he had drawn, and then he would add an arrow in the quiver. And that would be the announcement that would go out. And on the shaft of the arrow that he drew, he would put the name of the new child. And it's kind of nice because I've received a lot of announcements over the years. 
But that one sticks out of my mind because it had something unique to it. There was the quiver, there were the arrows, there were the names of the children, and, um, and I remember that. Well, when we take a look at this birth announcement in Luke chapter 2, we also have a way of remembering it. And the way we're going to remember it is by, first of all, going to verse 21 of Luke chapter 2 and read this. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Referring back there to the conversation with Matthew and Matthew with Joseph. Now, with that in mind, look at the spelling of Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. And what we're going to take a look at are words that parallel J-E-S-U-S that comprise this birth announcement that we're looking at in Luke chapter 2. Now, with that being said, let's begin. First of all, we'll note that this announcement is an announcement of J, and that stands for joy. This is an announcement of J, and that stands for joy. Look again at verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Now, why was this such joy? Well, prophecy in the Old Testament had spoken about God sending a Savior, an anointed one. And that Savior would live a sinless life. That Savior would die on the cross. That Savior would be raised again. And as a result, they could, he could pay the price for sinner's sin. Uh, sinners couldn't pay for their own sin. If I died for someone else, it would be in vain because I have to die for my own sin. I can't die for someone else's sin. But Jesus Christ, the anointed one, in his incarnation, God became flesh, was able to die for the sins of others and give them salvation. And that was great joy. God with us, the incarnation, the Savior, had come. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, there's an interesting expression there. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we read this. It says, Behold, and this is now the angel talking to Joseph, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So the incarnation, that's the technical theological term for this, is a wonderful event. And the announcement of it is brings great joy. Not only is God with us in the way of inspiration, but it also shows us with this word joy that God is true inspiration. All of the Old Testament promises regarding the coming Savior are fulfilled in the birth and life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember 2 Timothy 3.16? All scriptures by, given by inspiration of God and is profitable? Well, certainly we see that fulfilled here. Way back in Genesis 3.15, we see the, the initial reference to a Savior. And then we see it unfold throughout the Old Testament. Now we're seeing it come to reality in the New Testament. And certainly for people in their sin, it was a great thing to hear this announcement of joy that God had come in the flesh and he was going to fulfill all of the Old Testament scripture, incarnation and inspiration, and there would be a Savior. Now, before we get to that part of the Savior, let's continue in our little acrostic here. 
And as we've looked at J, representing joy, now let's take a look at the word E, and I believe that could easily represent everyone. E could represent everyone. We're going to be in verse 10 again of Luke chapter 2. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be, note these words, to all people, everyone. This birth announcement would affect everyone. Now, birth announcements in general don't do that, do they? A family has a child. They share it with their family and their friends, and we move on. Another family has a child. Share family and friends. Move on. You don't have a birth of a child that affects everyone. But that's exactly what takes place here with the birth of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It, whether you were a lowly shepherd, verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, or whether you were the chosen people Israel, verse 10 and 11, where it talks about verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Or whether you are, verse 14, all men. Look at verse 14, chapter 2 of Luke. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward all men. You know, there's an interesting thing when it comes to Christmas and gift buying. I remember growing up as a boy, I used to chuckle because you'd see advertisements all the time for the perfect gift for everyone. Well, there really never is a perfect gift for everyone, but it's a good marketing tool, isn't it? And oftentimes you get that perfect gift that's supposed to be for everyone and you say, what am I supposed to do with this? But the Lord Jesus Christ clearly is the perfect gift for everyone. For everyone is sin. None, all have come short of the glory of God. Everyone needs a Savior, and that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you're a shepherd, verse 8, whether you're Israel, the chosen people, verse 10 and 11, or whether you're all men, and that's the generic term for men, meaning human race, whatever, one size fits all, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Fits in with John 3.16, doesn't it? For God so gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, or excuse me, for God so loved the world, everyone, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So J is joy. I've got some good news to share with you. The incarnation, God with us, inspiration, his word is true and prophecies being fulfilled. An announcement to everyone, shepherds and the chosen people of Israel and men in general, here's this one size gift that fits all, the Lord Jesus Christ. The third thing we want to see in the way of the birth announcement is this, S-J-E-S, -E and that stands for salvation. J-E-S, and that stands for salvation. God in his word makes that very clear in chapter 2, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, what does a Savior do? A Savior saves people. People who need to be saved have a Savior. Now, that's interesting because when you look through Scripture, you'll note that the reference here is two words that are very, very important in verse 11. The first is a Savior, which is Christ. Now, the word Christ means the anointed one. Uh, Christ was anointed by God to come to this earth 
to live his life, to die on the cross, and be raised from the dead, that his shed blood could be atonement for our sin. That's the idea of, that's a very quick summary of that, but that's the idea of Christ, the anointed one. But you'll also notice here regarding salvation, the word Lord in verse 11, which is Christ the Lord. And the idea of the word Lord is showing that Christ is God. The word Jehovah in the Old Testament and in Kurios in the New Testament, Lord, that's the idea that, that this is God in the flesh. He is the one that has come, that is able to give the salvation that man has been looking for for generations and generations. So here we find our Savior is Christ God the Lord. He who understands, to, excuse me, he who undertakes to save is none other than the infinite and almighty God. You know, I think about this when I think about the Old Testament and New Testament, and I think about the day and age the people were living in when Jesus was born. And in many ways, they needed a savior physically. They weren't having the best of times and Roman rule over Israel, the Jewish people was rough and difficult. We know those different things. And in many ways today, we see the same. We see life not very easy, is it? Rather difficult, rather challenging. But the Savior and salvation we're talking about here in this birth announcement goes far beyond releasing us from any kind of difficulty and giving us any kind of pleasure in this life. The thing that we're looking at in this verse is the fact that because of our sin, we deserve to go to hell for eternity. But Jesus Christ died for our sin, and by believing in him and receiving him, we can go to heaven for eternity. I'll tell you what, if someone's going to be hit by a car and someone dashes out and pulls them away and saves them, they're a savior with a small s, and that's a wonderful thing. If someone's drowning in a lake and they can't swim and can't get out and someone jumps in and pulls them to shore, they're a savior, small lesson, that's a wonderful thing. But for someone to come and to give their life to save people from their sin so that they can go to heaven for eternity is a capital S savior, most wonderful thing. And that is what this babe is doing in this birth announcement. You have the J, which is joy. You have the E, which is for everyone. You have the S, which is for salvation. And that's what this babe is giving. But you notice now, number four, this is announcement to us. This is announcement to us. Look, if you would, at chapter two now of Luke and note verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This message of joy is a personal message. It's a message for you that's made personal. It is, a, it is a message that has your name attached to it if you will receive it. You know, when someone gives you a gift, let's say there's a gift put under the tree, and even though it may have your name on it, it really doesn't become yours until you take it and receive it. Unwrap it and put it to use. Now it's yours. Jesus Christ is a savior in this birth announcement is given to everyone, that's the E, but yet let's specifically say it's given to you or us. 
And, and the way you receive that gift is by bowing your head, confessing your sin, and asking the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. It goes back to that John 3.16. Everything hinges on that, doesn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, there's the gift, that whosoever believeth on him, there's the receiving, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I would like to ask you that question, especially this Christmas Eve and this birth announcement of Jesus, and ask you that question, have you made that personal decision? Remember, it's an announcement to everyone, but it's an announcement to us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Put your name there. That's your name. The gift is there for you. But it only works when you receive it. And when you take it out from under the tree and unwrap it, and you start putting it to work, there it is. You accept that gift by faith, and then you start living your life for God by faith too. Well, we've looked at uh, four letters so far, and now we want to take a look at the last letter in our birth announcement, and that is the letter S, J-E-S-U-S. -S. And what does the S stand for, number five? Well, I believe it stands for verse 12, sign or signs. Verse 12, sign. It says this, and this, Luke 2, 12, shall be a sign unto you. In other words, I'm going to show you something that's going to prove what I'm saying is true. This shall be a sign unto you. What is that sign? He was telling the shepherds, the angels telling the shepherds, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Honestly, that's pretty much the last place that you'd expect to find the Savior of the world, isn't it? You've heard messages on that before, and you've heard references to that before. But you'll notice with the Lord Jesus, God draws specific attention to him in a marvelous way. Here's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Here's the Savior of the world being born. And he's not being born in a palace, but on a pallet. He's not being born with a royal robe, but he's being born in rags. He's not being worshipped by kings, but by shepherds. And the idea is God did this unique way of introducing us to the Savior in this birth announcement so it would capture and keep our attention. The shepherds didn't ask for a sign. God gave a sign by grace. In fact, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 4, it's rather interesting because there's a reference here that the Lord used to help me come to know Christ as my Savior. And that's chapter 16, verse 4 says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall be no sign given you unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and he left them and departed. When I started going to church after coming back from Vietnam and hearing about salvation, it definitely intrigued me and interested me, but I felt that when God wanted me to be saved, he would do something special, tap me on the shoulder or touch me in a special way or do something that way. And we went to our Sunday school class teacher's home for dinner one night, and while we were sitting there at dinner, then we went off and started talking. And the teacher asked me, Marty, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, yet? And I said, well, not really. I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying. But when God wants to save me, he'll touch me. He'll do something special for me. And this uh, Dave, the Sunday school teacher, looked at me and he said, Marty, if God did that, it wouldn't be faith. God wants you to put your trust in him by faith, not because he's tapped you on the shoulder or touched you. Well, I went home, and when I got home that night, later in the bedroom in our home, 
I made a decision to, by faith, trust the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And it worked. It definitely worked. Because you see, the sign that was given was given in the announcement. It wasn't the idea that I have to give a sign for every little thing, every little way, for every little person. God says right here in our passage of Scripture, you shouldn't seek a sign in Matthew chapter 16, verse 4, but he says in Luke chapter 2, verse 12, I'm going to give you a sign. I don't want anyone to miss the birth of this Savior, and so I'm going to give you a sign. And what is it? You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And you know what? The shepherds departed. They went and they looked. And sure enough, that's exactly what they found. But that's further on in our passage. You can read that yourself or maybe we'll look at that some other time. You'll notice after the sign, um, verse in the, regarding the sign, it says in verse 13, in order to confirm this, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, in the churches I've pastored over the years, especially around Christmas time, and whether it be on a New Year's, or excuse me, a Christmas Eve service, or whether it be a special uh, Sunday before Christmas or whatever, I would actually have an announcement printed out. I've got it right here in front of me. And the announcement titled says, Good Tidings of Great Joy, Luke 2, 8 through 14. And then in the introduction, it says, the birth announcement of Jesus. And the outline is an announcement of joy. Verse 10, good tidings of great joy. An announcement to everyone. Verse 10, which shall be to all people. An announcement of salvation. Verse 11, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. An announcement to us. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day. An announcement with a sign. Verse 12, this shall be a sign. And on the bottom in the conclusion, I have a very special birth announcement. I pray that this passage of scripture is a very special birth announcement to you. I trust that you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and can rejoice in this announcement, knowing that this is your Savior because you've received him. But if you can't rejoice in that yet, for you haven't received him, the beautiful news is you can do that right now. Wherever you're at, in just a moment, you bow your head, confess your sin, ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, and he will. My wife was saved one day in the living room of our apartment in Willoughby, Ohio, as she bowed her head and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. I was born that night, born again that night after talking to our Sunday school teacher in our bedroom. Pam was in taking a bath. I was in the bedroom thinking about what David said, and I was looking out, and I thought, this is the time that I need to make that decision, and I made it, and it has stuck. You may have been made that decision going forward in the church in an invitation. Maybe you did it at a camp. Maybe you did it in a Sunday school class. Maybe you did it with a mother or father reading the Bible at night or something. It doesn't matter when you made that decision. What matters is that you do make that decision because this is Jesus, joy, everyone, salvation for us and a sign that it's true. And I trust you've made that decision or you will do it this very night. 
This has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Martin Macedo. You may email me at macedofhm at gmail.com. Lord willing, we'll post another Bible study next week. But remember, birth announcements don't mean much if you're not part of a family. Are you part of the family of God, having received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, ask for his salvation today and rejoice with us in this precious birth announcement. Thank you for listening and have a great day.